The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome one. Welcome all to the greatest show of them all. It is the NFC East mixtape, which you can listen to on any one of SB Nation's NFC East Blong podcast networks. You can also watch this show on the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube channel or the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel. Make sure to check out BleedingGreenNation.com, BlogandtheBoys.com, because you will see, hear, read, smell, maybe, uh, mm-hmm. the two of us. He is Brandon Lee Gotten from BGN. I am Arjo Cho from BTB. BLG, we were not here last week. It was a bit of a kind of... You know, you and I putting it together as the days went along. Maybe we'll do it tomorrow. Oh, we'll see. We'll try whatever before we kind of ultimately wave the white flag. And um, the highest mark of success that I think you can reach as a podcast. We got all sorts of messages from people who missed us. Yeah, we missed the audience as well. Sorry that we couldn't make it happen last week. But, you know, uh, it is the the dead zone. Thankfully, it's not like, you know, a ton of like breaking news is going on. We missed that. So um, we would like to. And we're sorry that we missed last week. But uh, we're back today. And it's going to be a fun episode. And I have a review, RJ, to kick it off. Are you ready mm. for this? Okay. Uh, well, before you get to the I just want to say I will okay. take 80% of the blame for missing last week. Um, I wasn't going to say anything. I didn't, <laughs> I, you know, I mean, that was the, that wasn't, I mean, it's not, but like, you know, look, people have, you know, I'm, look, that's not, you know, no, no, it's no, no one's fault. We have, have been, have um, uh, we have actually never missed an episode. That's uh, what I mean. A, time, a timeline that includes the birth of my son. I missed if, one if you, episode. You uh, did. That's right. Because I was like, I, I literally couldn't. I was at training right. camp last year. Um, but but, yeah. but so you couldn't record early in the week, and we so like that's why I'm giving you twenty percent, and that because that, that's what I was aiming to do because I knew I was going to be leaving out of town. Uh, but then I was like, well, maybe this and that, and then finally again we just had to sort of punt. Um, but uh, yeah, so I'll take eighty percent. I'll give you twenty. I think that's fair. Uh, but now it's time for the review, of course. Review. This comes from RJ Ochoa. And it, it says, you're the best. And that's in reference to me being the best for being so flexible and accommodating. So there you go. Was that really the review? Or Yeah, that's it. That's the bit? Is this one of those like, oh, it's like a super awesome bit that I came up with in my brain and everyone's going to think it's hilarious then? <clears throat> I mean, it's not for anyone else. It's for me. Mm. Um, not your best. I'll, I'll just say that. Not your best. Um, I was out of town. The less you week. like it, the, the more I do like it. So. Um, I was at a Houston Astros game, my first since they beat the Phillies in the World Series. Do you remember that? I and, won a bet on uh, the Astros the other day, so shout out to DraftKings. 
that's right. Uh, our sponsors over at the SB Nation NFL show. Uh, it was a great time. It was super fun. There were 13 of us, which uh, was a bit of a hectic thing. First time taking the baby to an Astros mm. game. So like managing the stroller turns out kind of a complicated thing. You know what I mean? But but uh, yeah, you know, super fun so. time. Uh, awesome win. Uh, we got uh, commemorative World Series rings that they sent us, which or that they gave us there. Uh, my son got to eat ice cream out of an upside down uh, batting helmet. That's fun. That's it was fun. super cool. Uh, so very, very fun trip all the way around. I wanted to ask you something, speaking of the NFL show, that I asked yes. Jeremy Reisman on this week's episode of Monday Football Monday. I also asked Rachelle Prevet, our fantastic producer here, um, and it was what is uh, it was inspired by a, a thread I saw on Reddit, and it was what is a, an app that you would recommend everybody in life get, and it can't be the Dunkin' Donuts app because you've done that before, um, but, <laughs> but so like it, it, uh, an, an app designed for wellness in your life. Wellness, um, so, like something that, that that can help everyone, not something that helps you specifically. Not like, oh, well, I take the like whatever form of transportation, so this is helpful because I get to see like this and that, whatever. No, like something that anybody can use anywhere in the world. An app you highly recommend. Um, <clears throat> I'm looking through my phone here, and shout out to Jeremy for suggesting Ginger. That's a good right. one. That's not something that, as he mentioned, um, uh, Fox Media pays for, but for everyone else. You're looking for maybe some mental health. I think that's a good uh, thing to look into. Um, not a sponsor for us, but you know something our company uses. Um, have you ever heard of Belly? B E L I. No. I think it's kind of a newer one, newer-ish, as in like maybe within a year or so. Um, but yeah, I heard about this, and basically you can rate restaurants on there. Um, so like I guess kind of like Yelp, a little different to me. Um, in that like there's a there's like map features and also it's kind of more of like a social media aspect to it like you can you can like have your friends on there and you can see what restaurants they've gone to or there's like a list of like places they you can add like places you want to go to so i would check that out um i think it's like i don't know if it's still invite only i mean i got in i didn't like know anyone i think it's easy to get in but um yeah check that out b-e-l-i not a sponsor but uh, if you're looking for some good restaurant ideas and if you're looking – if you have, like, friends who you like to go to restaurants with and stuff, I think that's a fun app. Um, that is a good suggestion. That's something that everyone can use. So great job, you. Um, Rachel's app was Peloton. Um, Jeremy's was Ginger. Uh, you mentioned so also yep. kind of a, a physical wellness. There's a mental, obviously, side to, you know, uh, exercise as well. Um, I'm going to come up with a second one since this was my question. Um, mm -hmm. and it's not as serious or as helpful as any of the ones that we've suggested so far. Uh, but the Giphy app, um, I don't mm. know like how often you send gifts, um, in various ways. And I know some places like some apps or platforms have their own GIF um, keyboard or whatever. Uh, Integration. But yeah. But Giphy is cool because like, if you don't have one, you can just go to Giphy and it's mm. very simple. You search for what you want, you tap it to copy it, and then you tap to paste wherever you're, you're doing that, whether it's like texting or DMing or whatever the case may be. Um, and you can say favorites, like it is super handy uh, for stuff like that. Again, more of a lighthearted thing, but giffy. So um, two apps. I'll throw out one more. Have you heard of Game Time? The Game Time app? Have we talked about that? No. There's this app called Game Time. Again, not a sponsor, but um, shout out to my good friend, Laura Taylor, who had mentioned that she uses this to go see um, some Flyers games sometimes. So you can get, I think the premise is like you can get like tickets pretty cheap, last minute especially. Um, so obviously mm. there's like a lot of like, um, like, you know, SeatGeek and all those kind of things. But I think this for some reason is more like last minute thing. So you get like really good deals. So, uh, you know, not something you're like pointing out in the head so much as is like, hey, there's a, there a concert, is there a game going on? Hey, let's go. 
and you can get some last minute cheap tickets. So almost like scalping, but like more legit, I think. Like so. Wow. Well, then I'll throw one more out because uh, you inspired me. Um, I told you before we started recording that I'm heading to California for a week soon. Uh, we're going to record ahead of time, everybody. So don't freak out again at this. Uh, but um, so we were looking into all these things for the kid, right? Like take him, you know, to the zoo and Legoland the and kid. all this different stuff. The baby. Right. And, and it's um, interesting you're not saying his name. It, it turns out that there's like a, a, a lot of money involved like, <laughs> for like all these like all these places want money to see their stuff. Um, and I stumbled upon stumble upon used to be a great website, by the way. Uh, but I stumbled upon um, this thing called City Pass. I don't know if Philadelphia has. It. I don't know if you're aware of that, but um, it's it's a lot more economical. So you buy like a city pass and you can kind of design and tailor it the way you want. And you get like four places, you know, that you get to go to for that price. And so like in this instance, Legoland is one. And then you have like a, an option you can choose of like 12 other places. You get to go to three of them. But it's more economical than buying the tickets for each specific thing from those specific places. So kind of a cool thing. I think other cities have it besides San Diego. All right. After all, right. all the free plugs we give out, um, we should probably get uh, that. We're also so. going to. We're also going to plug some music at the end. We're going to add songs to the NFC East mixtape playlist. We are going to each add two uh, to make wow. up for last week, but um, we have to get to our conversation. Our most recent episode two weeks ago was the most underrated players in the NFC East, which means, Brandon, today we are the other side of that coin, the most overrated players in the division, surely going to spark some division, some debate, and some dissension, wow. um, the, the triple Ds. Uh, so um, we have to start with the Philadelphia Eagles, which is going to be a lot of fun. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Like, how do you want to do this? It was funny. I was listening back to the uh, underrated episode, not something I typically do. I know our good friend Rob Statsquera says you have to listen to your episodes. You have to do mm -hmm. air checks and whatnot. But uh, I feel like, first of all, I already listened to too many podcasts. I don't like have the time or right. interest level to do that. I mean, I'll check in sometimes on certain like segments if I thought I made like an interesting point or something that I might like want to use for writing or like kind of, but like I don't like, listen to a full on episode. But I did in this case because I went to uh, the beach with, uh, aforementioned friends of the podcast elizabeth and holden so it was funny to listen back and then argue with you like in a director's kind of cut of the episode where like you would say something and i would like pause it and then i would react and it's funny i would actually say the same thing out loud so i guess that speaks to me having genuine reactions anyway that tangent aside starting with the eagles we're going to start with offense uh i'm gonna say i have i, I was between two it's tough to narrow these down sometimes I think uh, I'm going to go with DeAndre Swift. How do you feel about that? So you're doing the thing I don't like, where you're picking players that weren't on the team a year ago, which is was a qualm of mine. It's okay. So this was hypocritical because you did this for, I think, the commanders or something last week. I said that. I, I said that it, I was going against my own principle, but that they had such a difficult – it was it was very difficult to pick underrated players on the commanders. This is a fake um, rule. I never agreed to this. And it's also, not really it a rule as, as much as it's just like um, – a, a loose guy it's like a dotted line to live in you know what i'm saying like you but know this, how you can pass people on dotted lines a great premise for this because sometimes you get an addition in the offseason and, and there's a shine to a new player just because they're new so they must be great or whatever because so, you haven't necessarily watched them fully yet and you don't have that full context so they are being overrated i think especially specifically in this case i think deandre swift is not a bad player by any means but i think he is so much like fantasy football cachet and he went to a big program and he was uh, what like a uh, early second round pick like he was the top running back i believe in his draft class like there's all this shine on him and we're talking about a guy who averaged 560 rushing yards per season <laughs> like like does that match to you does like does I, I feel like the people who like if you when you hear deandre swift like you would 
and if I told you, okay, how many yards per rushing yards per season is he averaging? I feel like people would be like, oh, 800, 1,000. No, like not even close. Obviously, he adds value as a pass catcher. Um, but this is a dude who like has lost playing time consistently to other running backs in Detroit. Obviously, the Lions like comfortably moved on from him this year, even though they lost uh, Jamal Jamal Williams, um, who uh, had like what like twenty something one touchdowns and was like and was their red zone guy definitively over DeAndre Swift. Uh, so I think he's rated highly due to his draft status and fantasy football and everything. But I think he's more of like a good player, not an, uh, an amazing player. So I think our Eagles picks are, are all like, they all have these weird kind of, um, I don't call them labels, but just like tangential details that are somewhat important. And so like, I, I agree with what you're looking for is caveat. Yeah, I guess so. I, I agree with what you're saying that there is this like hype around him because of the like fantasy football relevancy that he has or has had or whatever, uh, which isn't even that high. I mean, to your point, like based on his statistical production, um, I do think it's worth mentioning that Jamal obviously replaced him um, last season, that the yep. Lions moved on. Uh, the Lions seemingly preferred David Montgomery, who they signed in free agency, mm-hmm. and they also obviously preferred Jameer Gibbs, who they drafted. Mm-hmm um so like not even like the he was like fourth at best in their like plan this offseason um but i also think what has like elevated his hype caveat tangent whatever has been the like the trade happened at the peak nirvana of yeah. howie roseman's dominating the draft so like everyone well, automatically the was like, angle and the philly yeah. angle it's like oh he's from philly but he's, yeah. you know what i mean yeah so i think that kind of can get overrated. and then there was the like fake tweet that, that i'm sure you, i don't think we've oh yeah that about the cowboys or whatever like it was like, again like it it's like it's it's like soaking wet with these like mm-hmm. not real details and so that i do agree with you has lent to like making him overhyped but i think it's a cop-out to not pick a player mm-hmm. who was on the eagles last year because that's like that's like saying, well, every player on the Eagles is actually as good as they're properly like hyped or rated to be. So like, I'm just gonna pick the new guy in town because of all this stuff. Like, I, I that's do not think that's not my premise at all. I didn't say that at all. Well, then and pick also, a player who's, who was on the team last year. That's no, overrated. I don't need to do that. Mm, oh, I, if you want one, I will give you one. But since I said I was between two and the one, the other one was on the team. But I do think people just think like DeAndre Swift's gonna lead the Eagles in rushing this year. I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think Rashad Penny could be over him. Um, like, I just, I don't even know if Swift might be second. I would, I would think he will be second, but like, I just, I, I think people are assuming he's the top dog and I don't no pun intended. And I don't think that's the case. Uh, he could be, there's a path to that, but it's not like a guarantee. The guy who I had, uh, who else I had here was Jordan Mailata because um, there's something that goes on when you, draft a player you get a player like late in the draft I, I always think about this example more so earlier in the careers with Josh Sweat and Derek Barnett because there was a time before the past couple of years where I think Josh Sweat made a big leap and Derek Barnett really did not um where Barnett and Josh Sweat pretty much posted similar numbers Barnett actually had better numbers in some categories like various pressure rates and whatnot but because Derek Barnett was the 14th overall pick and Josh Sweat was a fourth round pick who everyone thought was a steal like people thought more positively of Josh Sweat yeah. than they the, did. Even the return they, on investment yes. clouds the like objectivity of assessment. So when you got draft a guy who doesn't know how to play football like at all <laughs> and Jordan Mailata, and then he turns into anything at all, then obviously like, wow, that's amazing. Uh, and now let's be clear. He was PFF's ninth graded offensive tackle last year. So this is ultimately why I did not pick him. 
but he allowed eight sacks for uh, Jimmy Kemsky's charting. Jimmy Kemsky went back and looked at all of the sacks that the Eagles allowed last year, and he charted like uh, who was most to blame. And my lotto was at the top, and that was up three and a half sacks from last year. So again, I don't think he's a bad player, and he did have some injury issues last year. Which, to be fair, though, he's had them like throughout his career. That's been a consistent issue, so you can't just totally throw that aside and say it's fluky. Um, I, I don't think that at all he's a bad player. But I do think it's kind of fair to say, like, he didn't necessarily take another step forward last year, as he may have, like, plateaued a little bit. Um, so, and also, by nature of, like, the Eagles offensive line getting so much praise all the time, it's the best offensive line in the NFL. I think it's possible sometimes um, players on a unit like that can kind of get more benefit of the doubt than they might deserve. Yeah, like the, um, I mean, this is, like, really, like, uh, really, t- like, examining or microscoping the point but it's like the jason kelsey reputation like then applies to everybody you know what i'm saying because he's they're like all on the offensive line uh but somehow some way some guys still you know slip through the cracks which is why like i said Landon dickerson last year mm-hmm. for underrated um okay at least you know at least you stood tall um all five foot nine of you um you know to the challenge uh <laughs> and uh you know a- answered somebody who was actually on the team last year um are you ready for mine yep so my approach was a little bit different like i'm saying with the caveats and so it was almost like projecting overratedness so like um i think that like i my thoughts on on madden the thank you bear madden the game are well documented um i had a tweet about them when the trailer came out which was whatever uh but yeah, you love the game you think it's but good like looking at their like madden rating so to speak like this is a weird way to put it but then like in forecasting what their season will look like in in assessing like how much they will over underperform that rating if that makes sense and so i think right bear bear that is Bears. enough he's it's furious cool. he's furious um i think you're gonna be upset with so you're going to pick Jalen Hurts, aren't you? No, no, no. I, th- I really thought about it because I thought, like, there's no way, oh right? Gosh. Like, there, there's no way he can be this good ever again. Like, it's impossible, but maybe he will be. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, but, it, like it, I think he's properly rated where he is right now. No, and that's that's where I came back to. It's like, okay, like, while it's impossible or impro- improbable for him to, you know, you know, stabilize right here, he is properly rated based on who he has been as a player right now, right? Like, that's just where we're at in this given moment. Yep. So there's a little bit of the phenomenon I described in my pick um and look you mentioned stats he's the one who on a podcast hated on him more than i did in a professional sense and that's mm. aj brown and some of this is I, aj brown hear me out. this is such a terrible pick no well, right, I, it, it. no th- th- it was very difficult i i really honestly had a very difficult time it was gonna picking. be easy last week because there's so i thought many it would players I, th- I thought it would be i thought it would be and then i got like to looking at it and i was like, how was well, aj brown one? overrated Again, I don't like overrated. It's not the right word, but it's I couldn't That's literally find, the premise of this episode. I know, but I couldn't find a player that I felt was overrated on mm. offense. I I feel like the answer is really easy on defense, but so on on offense, it was more like who is who is most unlikely to have the success that they had in 2022. That was ultimately what I picked, and I actually think it's more likely that Jalen Hurts has the success that he did than AJ Brown. And to be clear, uh, that's not to say that AJ Brown will be bad. Like he just he was. Do you realize how stupid awesome AJ Brown was last year? Which again made my like you know they lost the trade for him take look so stupid. He had four yards shy of fifteen hundred yards, eleven touchdowns. And then I was looking at this and I was like, there's no way that the eleven touchdowns is like sustainable. In his four NFL seasons, he has had at least eight touchdowns three different mm-hmm. times. He's had eleven touchdowns 
twice. The only season in which he didn't at least hit eight touchdowns was that final season in Tennessee in 2021, and everything was kind of weird and wonky, and I think we're willing to give him a little bit of a pass for that. But the number that really stood out to me, do you know how many targets he had last year? I mean, I don't know off the top of my head. So his he career, led, he led, I know he led the team in targets. I his think. career high in targets before last year was 106, and that was in 2020 with the Titans. Yeah, because the Titans right. run the ball all the time. Right. He had 145 last year. That's a lot. Like that's a, a massive jump. You're talking a 40 percent increase. So like it's I, again, I don't want to call it underrated. Another premise of the episode, I had a very difficult time picking an underrated player. I'm I'm really if he's this if he's fed, I don't see how he won't be. But like. I, I could see from a purely statistical sense, right? Like if we look at his his stat line for 2023, when it's all said and done, I could I could see there because of the emergence of Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard and all sorts of other things, I could see that the targets dipping, the yardage dipping, mm. the touchdowns dipping, and then coming to a consensus after the season, like, well, yeah, he underdelivered based on the hype that he had entering the season. That's my overall take. I think his targets could actually go up because there was an interesting article out recently. Uh, I think it was on sharp football analysis where uh, there's a, a point because of the Eagles game script, even though uh, I talked about the Titans not running the ball or throwing the ball a lot. And that's true. I mean, the Eagles didn't necessarily like do it a ton in the sense that, I mean, they did it earlier in games, but because they built so many leads last year, I think Jalen hurts and Cooper Rush ended up having like the same amount of fourth quarter pass attempts or something last year, just because of like, that's how favorable the game scripts were to the Eagles. So in theory, uh, I don't think the Eagles are going to find themselves in that identical situation being that good again. So I could, I could see the passing volume actually potentially go up because I think they're going to be in some closer games than they were last season. Um, So, and I, and I just don't think, I don't know. I think this is a tough case because like, what are you saying? Like, he's not like a top, something wide receiver i think he's like he's a top five receiver i think in the nfl i agree with you i I agree with you but like so if we if we considered that if we looked at all of the stars on philly's offense which again this was how i had to approach the exercise what's his weakness like what would you say is a fall for him again like hear me out it we if we looked at the likelihood of jalen hurts maintaining status quo Devonte smith maintaining status quo dallas goddard maintaining status quo aj brown maintaining status quo who is the least likely to hold I mean, I don't think it's AJ. I think AJ AJ's like Hurts' go-to guy. But I think it's it's very likely that Jalen Hurts remains a top three quarterback in the NFL, right? That's pretty likely. I think it's well, extraordinarily three, likely that Dallas Goddard sure. – whatever. I think it's extraordinarily likely that Dallas Goddard remains a top – whatever you want to call him. Five. Let's keep this top five tight end in the NFL. And I think it's extraordinarily likely that Devontae Smith continues to kind of rise in terms of career production. Well, why is that right? true like, for Devontae and not AJ? Because he's entering the third season. Like, that's kind of like a, a chalk thing, right? Like, third season receivers, and, and he's been a part of the team. He has a longer history. I agree with you that A.J. Brown obviously has the connection with Jalen Hurts, and mm-hmm. that was a big reason why he ultimately landed in Philly. But, like, his season was so extraordinary last year that I, I just, again, if I have to bet, and I, I don't think it's likely, but if I have to bet on one regressing, mm-hmm. I think it's, it's A.J. Brown. The guy was rightfully received MVP votes. I mean, he had every decoration and honor that you could possibly earn. I mean, it, that's what I'm saying. Like, what what is the higher ceiling for him? There's a higher ceiling for Devontae, for Goddard, for Hurts, technically, because he controls so much because he's the quarterback. Like, it it, it just felt – I thought about going Lane Johnson or Mylotta, but that felt, like, lame and weak to me. Do you know how old A.J. Brown is? I'm going to guess he's, like, 24 years old. Turns 26 in 
three days from when we're recording this, two days from when it's posted. So you told me 26. Like you still like so in this again, prime. I, I approach this not as in I think he's overrated, but like who are the, that's the I'll, premise like, of the episode? What are you talking but, about? But it's a difficult, it's a difficult thing to answer. Like, so you said it was easy five, last week. Okay, All right. without ranking them. I know I was wrong. Who were the five? It was two wow. weeks ago, by the way. You finally who the, said who it. Were folks. The, who were the five best receivers in the NFL? Don't you don't have to rank them, but like who were the five? I'm bad at when, this like, stuff because like I have to like see the but, list of teams, but like you're probably so, like, talking about Justin, Justin Jefferson, Jefferson Mar Chase, Chase in there, Stefan Diggs, Tyreek Hill, St Stefan Diggs, Tyreek Hill. And then That's I think four. after that, yeah, you're kind of I think AJ belongs in five. He had a down year last year, relatively. I think you have to put AJ above him, especially after what he did last year. So if we look at you're saying he had a down year relatively, Debo Samuel last year. He, yeah, you're right. But the season before in 2021, he had 121 targets, 1,400 yards. He only had six receiving touchdowns, but he had eight rushing touchdowns. And again, yeah, we're so talking about AJ like was a better. No, but we're talking about a more unique thing. But like again, mm -hmm. it's like a year ago, if we had been like, who are the top five receivers? Like Debo is squarely in that mix, and he was still like a really good player, an amazing player for the Niners last year. But he had like a down year. Like it's, I think if you're a t quote unquote top five receiver, that's the easiest top five club to fall out of. That's my my argument. Like generally speaking, we see the same level. For this. <laughs> we, we see the most consistency when it comes to top five quarterbacks. Certainly when it comes to tight ends. Running backs is weird, you know what I mean? And again, I I didn't want to go DeAndre Swift because I think that's stupid. Um, and I I don't think I don't think Devontae is like even I think he's finely rated. I don't think anybody's think he's closer like, to being underrated than overrated because of the shine yeah, that AJ gets. That's my and point. You're almost I mean, saying that here. Yeah. Yeah, like so again, I don't think AJ Brown is like my take last year about how the Eagles lost the trade. I've atoned, I wrote my apology letter, et cetera, et cetera. AJ Brown is awesome, but it was very, like, this is why the Eagles were such a great team last year, because like there was not the most like hollow part of their production is like, can they do it again? You know what I'm saying? And so like, if yeah, I have was... to pick, if I have to pick one thing that is like unlikely or the least likely to maintain and hold and cross over again, it would be this. And Debo is a great example of that because like, could you not see us having the conversation a year from now saying who are the top five receivers and you know, Jalen Waddell being in the mix or um, DJ Moore, if he has a great year or Garrett Wilson with Aaron Rodgers or CeeDee Lamb or Amon Ross St. Brown. Barring I mean, injury, I would be shocked if AJ isn't like still that level of player this season. And Debo missed time last year. That was part of it, too. I mean, so but again, he also, like, like plays a, like a especially like grueling like style of play that kind of I feel like lends to injury more than other receivers. Do you not agree, though, with the premise that and I'm not saying it is likely, but that he is the most likely to not be able to repeat the stupid, no, amazing season that he had. He's like the, he might be he's, he might be the best player in the team. <laughs> I just think he's in, his, he's in that like, conversation. How many players have fifteen hundred yards in back to back seasons? Like how many? I think AJ could do it. He is really good. Again, where the where like what is a hole in his game? Do you so see any? We, like, I don't. I legitimately do not. Justin Jefferson he, has just done it, by the way. So he has 1,400 yes. as a rookie, 1,600 as an He's that kind of player. Well, he has that kind of quarterback, Justin Jefferson. That's, you know, really what it is. All right, let's move on to defense. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm going to say Darius Slay. I mean, shocker. Uh, that's, that's the answer. I mean, yeah. It, it's just, and also, like, sorry, but, like, he's lent to this. If you insist on being called big play Slay, and then you do not make mm. big plays, you are overrating yourself. 
this is a guy who had his highest graded games last year against can you guess the quarterbacks it was cooper rush it was kirk cousins in that primetime game which was to be fair an amazing performance on justin jefferson who we just praised and darius Slay absolutely deserved defensive player of the 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 week for that week he was amazing no bones about it but then his next highest graded game davis mills in a game where brennan cricks didn't play and I think Nico Collins is like their second leading receiver last year. And he didn't play either. Like they had no one at wide receiver in that game. It was a short week. It was on Thursday night. Um, you look at his grading through week from week one to week six last year. He was targeted 32 times. He allowed only 14 catches for 168 yards, one touchdown. He had three interceptions in that span, 31.8 pass rating. So he, I think this is a thing that happens sometimes. I think sometimes in certain seasons, a guy starts off like really hot. And then people just like act like he was that player the whole year. Like, oh, he he was great. He was he was amazing the whole year. And that wasn't true. Week seven through the Super Bowl, he was targeted 51 times. He allowed 33 catches for 391 yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. He had zero interceptions after picking off Cooper Rush, Mr. Big Place Lay, and he allowed a 114.1 passer rating. So, um, and another thing I always kind of that bothers me about him is that. Uh, like I try to be understanding because he seems like a guy that a lot of the, the players like, he's a fun personality. He's kind of goofy guy. I respect that, but I don't think that's, that's an issue as much as get name, named a team captain. And then you're on Twitter after these games, when people are like getting on him and I get like, he's frustrated that like fans want to blame him, especially when it might not truly be his fault on a certain coverage, depending on how it's called or how he's supposed to play it. But like, I kind of don't need him being on Twitter after the game as a team captain, especially being like, well, that wasn't my fault. Well, like, dude, so you're just basically throwing a teammate under the bus. Like, I don't know why you need to do that publicly. That doesn't really make sense. That's not really like team captain behavior to me. I don't really think like Jalen Hurts would do that, for example. Um, so that's kind of weird to me. I think he's kind of overrated. Um, I think he's kind of always been overrated, like as an eagle, right? Like, I think like. I, th I think sometimes a player goes from a small market to a big market. So like in this case, he goes from the Lions to the Eagles, right? Like you go from like what, like two at the time, two primetime games a year, maybe to like five, right? And like all of a sudden, like the stage is bigger. Like we're, we're sort of seeing that um, to a degree with just based on recent memory, Brandon Cooks and Stefan Gilmore, right? Like I'm, obviously they played for big teams and, and had lots of success, right? But like just the, the last year, at least. Um, I, I, I think I've told this before, Joe McCoy said, um, he never played for the Cowboys, unfortunately, because of the injury. But he said he had played for on primetime one time in his like 10 years with the Bucks. And then he, he joined the Cowboys. He was like, holy crap, we have we're on primetime five times. You know what I mean? Like it just kind of happens. Like you get this like glow up because of you're now a part of like the big machine. And I think that happened to Slay. And I don't like just because you're overrated doesn't mean you're bad. Um, like I think he's right. actually I don't overrated. He's a, I don't think he's like a below right. average cornerback. I think he's an above average cornerback. But I think people act like he's like a top five, top ten cornerback. He certainly right. thinks that. And Un unlike, I just don't think that's unlike true. my take on my my take on AJ was very unique and in, in no disrespectful and sort wrong. of way. And not that this is disrespectful either. Um, but he's actually like this is an actually overrated player. Um, but I think he's only. And this this is why this is such a unique like you know exercise we do every year. I think he's only overrated by some Eagles fans. Like I don't think there's anybody like uh, like or I don't think there's like a Rams fan or like a Bengals fan who's like man I would totally trade for Darius Slay right now. Um, and I don't even think all Eagles fans think he's awesome. You know what I mean? Like it's just I, I, there, there's this there's this hive that like really really hypes him up. 
he might not even be, and I don't think he is, the best cornerback on his own team. <laughs> like that's what we're talking about here. When you well, have James when Bradbury you up, here as well. When, when you brought up the Twitter trashing, like I know that I don't mean to like I really don't mean to poke anything, but like I'm just pointing this out. I thought it was really noble that James Bradbury after the Super Bowl was like, Yeah, it was holding. Yes. Like how many how many players would do that? Like uh, like not even corners, like players of any kind, any position, uh, with a with a moment that big, that massive after after a season like the Eagles had just had, like that is a really noble thing. And that's the exact opposite of like Slay running to Twitter versus situations or whatever the case may be. I do think people get that moment a little wrong in the sense that like James Bradbury wasn't saying the refs definitely should have thrown a flag there. That's not what he said. He said that he was doing a lot of what he did on that play all game long. And yes, it's fair. He, they threw a flag there, but he also pointed out they weren't throwing that same kind of flag for that same kind of contact earlier. I don't think he was making an excuse. He was just being honest. He said, yeah, they got me there. That's he, they should have thrown a flag. Yes. On that play. But he, he also admitted I did it earlier in the game and they didn't throw flags in that moment. That's neither here nor there. I want you to get, can you, do you know the five quarterbacks that Darius Slay has picked off during his time with the Eagles? Can you, so we're talking three years, by the way, because Um, two of them have played for the Cowboys. He has eight interceptions. I'm sorry. Seven interceptions in the regular season. Um, as an Eagle, uh, five different quarterbacks and two of them multiple times. Cooper Rush is one. So you're yes. saying you're saying his you're saying his eight interceptions as an eagle have come off of five, five. quarterbacks. His seven interceptions. Okay. He's only in seven. Seven interceptions. Uh, I'm sorry, sorry. Come he, so his seven interceptions. Okay. Uh Cooper Rush. I'm gonna say Andy Dalton. Yep, that's two of the five. Um the next two are gonna, well, two are from say your boy last year. Kirk. Yep. Um, so that's three quarterbacks. I'm gonna say Taylor Heineken. Well, Andy Dalton. Kirk, uh nope, but how about okay? Hang on, hang on. Uh, is is Daniel Jones one? He has to be one. No. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, is he one? No. But he had the fumble return, right? Like it was the Teddy fumble return or whatever it was in Denver. Um, yeah, that, was, that wasn't that, – that, Teddy Bridgewater didn't tackle him is what you're – Right, right, right. I knew there was a Teddy thing. But okay, that wasn't I don't like know Teddy. We, we've gone really long on the Eagles. So like, Anyway, hold on. It's Andy Dalton. It's Sam Darnold. It's Trevor Ooh. Simeon. It's Kirk Cousins. And it's Cooper Rush. So big play Slay is picking off these quarterbacks. Like Sam that's, Darnold, the Panther. It's almost, and, yeah, it's almost and the, Trevor Simeon, the, the Saints. Saint, right. Yes. Wow. This oh is my. like, this is almost like the Jonathan Gannon of cornerbacks. Like, okay. Oh, putting up some good numbers oh against bad gosh. quarterbacks. Um, yeah, that's, that tough. was harsh. I'm not trying to say Slay is a bad player. That's not my point. As we say with the overrated thing, I don't think he's a bad player, but I just don't think he's like this top. He's not elite. I just think there's a perception he's elite and I don't think he's elite. Again, I think you're fighting a specific section. Like my like my AJ Brown thing was fighting a specific idea and it was like regression. You know what I'm saying? Like which is was really like the genesis of my my point. You're fighting like a certain army that believes he's elite. Because like if we play the top five game again, like who are the top five corners in the NFL? Like it's almost you know, the swift thing. It's like I, there's isn't, you know, there's not so much I mean from is. the Lions. There is, um, yeah, like, you know, fantasy football for defense, but not like, you know, as popular as offense. Um, But I think it's that same kind of – it's just name recognition. I think there's a lot of name recognition when it comes to Darius. He has a big name on a big team that has a lot of success. Like, those things tend to lead to, you know, Mm -hmm. lots of talk. Okay, let's do the Cowboys. Um, You went first. Do you want me to go first? Like, how do you want to do this? I went first with the Eagles. So, again, this is – I, this was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be, like overall, as evidenced by my AJ Brown pick. Um, and so I thought about going Dak because they're like, wow. kind of like Slay. Well, like, kind of like Slate, there's an army. And I, I in fact, I'm going to go Dak because 
I, I believe in Dak Prescott. I think he is a top. And unlike other positions, I think this moves more than anything. Like, I think maybe like week two to three, the top five quarterbacks are, are five guys. And then I think that changes a little bit like weeks three to four. And I think Dak floats in and out of that. I think he's squarely out right now of the Mahomes, Burrow, Allen. You want to throw Herbert in there, whatever discussion. I think, you know, we need to see a little bit more from Jalen Hurts to see whether we're going to put this is an independent point, whether we're going to put him in that mix full time. Right? Like we've seen it more from those other quarterbacks, whatever. But I think Dak is very firmly, very squarely, top six, top seven, top eight on a given day. Like I said, that moves around. But, and this happens with the Cowboys a lot because they get you know bagged on a lot by a lot of people, uh, yourself included. And to where like the the defense becomes so strong that we like, we're, we're, we're just like, it's just fighting for no reason. And we're like lurking or like we're, we're waiting for the shoe to drop to like fight and argue and, and defend Dak Prescott. And so like, that should and that needs to happen but like you we can't go too far we can't make up things that aren't true um and so i again i believe he is a top six seven eight quarterback but i think that there are some cowboys fans who believe he's like a top three quarterback that's simply not true like I, he is not and at this point I, I think it's stupid to say like oh well, we're too deep into his career to know that he's ever going to win a super bowl that's dumb but I do think that it, we are deep enough into things relative to the league as a whole where we can say he's never going to be – no one's ever going to be on Mahomes' level, but he's probably not going to be on Allen's or Burrow's level right now. And those are the bars that you have to clear. That doesn't mean you can't win a Super Bowl with him. That doesn't mean he isn't very good. That it doesn't mean he isn't worth the contract, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All the context matters here, but my answer is Dak Prescott. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. Um, I think that's that's a fair point by you. Jimmy Kemsky had some interesting points on Dak, which we maybe we'll get when we get Jimmy on here and talk about that series a little bit more. Uh, Sorry, my, my last two cents here. Sometimes though, yeah. the like overratedness, then and we talk about this a lot, then leads to like becoming underrated. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, the, hey, and that, yeah. like that that is the Dak cycle, is like he gets bagged on and bagged so on and back. Overrated that he's actually underrated. Look. I know that you're upset that the Celtics fan coach the Sixers, but you don't have to take it out on Bill. Um, I mean, Celtics also kind of had an embarrassing. Yeah, after they beat loss. the Sixers. So, I mean. uh, anyway, uh, I think Dak's actually like maybe a little bit underrated from the standpoint of I said, uh, is, isn't that actually who I picked? Is that who I picked? No, no, it was not right for over underrated. It couldn't have been. No, I I thought about to buy you some time. Uh, similar no, so he was my bounce back guy because it's, it's, he's an obvious because of the interception sure. rate being high yeah. and everything. The reg the regression, if it if it doesn't work out for AJ, is going to work out for Dak in an interception standpoint, right? Like there's no to way some extent, yeah, but right. you know it might not be like dramatic. It might be slight, uh, but we'll see. I, thought, I think that's quickly. I thought about going Tony Pollard because like I do think there's a lot of like he's a top, and I actually think he is a top five running back. But like that's such a a loose foundation like what does that even mean you're like but also he's like, not i think really proven as a volume player either like the yeah. talent efficiency yeah but like there's still a big question mark when it comes to being able to handle like a full like workload a whole season like the bell cow he has not proven to be a bell cow back i think is that isn't that fair to say that is so i think the best running back in the nfl is christian mccaffrey is that fair um and that dates back to college by the way like tony Pollard has right. never been this guy uh yes but so, yes so who's number two on that list um like that's so impossible to answer <laughs> like, you know, yeah, like, i need to look at the rosters uh there, but there, I, oh there nick, is, chubb, there, nick chubb 
okay that's fair but like my point is like you you get to like i don't know a lot faster than you do any other position and you not only get there like i don't know because it's a tight decision between two players but so like it's it's easier to become a top five running back than it is like any like receivers different like i'm saying because everyone is amazing but like there's such a lack of consistency at running back that it's you know it's just a weird game but so anyway that, those are my picks but Dak is my pick 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 you're right I thought about going, it's more like honorable mention, like Jake Ferguson or Luke Schoonmaker. Uh, just be like the tight end, this I because like it's just like the Cowboys soon be like, oh, we lost Dalton Schultz, which I don't think is the biggest loss. Although I think you had Dalton Schultz over Dallas Goddard in our all NFC East team last year, which I think was crazy. But uh, I think I, I had to go with Tyron Smith because I think mm. there's an idea that like he just has to stay healthy. And I don't know if that's the case anymore. Well, first of all, that's easier said than done second of all like i can't help but wonder if all these injuries are kind of taking its toll last year he ranked 67th out of 89 offensive tackles graded by pro football focus now obviously he was coming back from the injury i'm sure that factored in to some extent and he played on the right side which he hadn't done okay context. no i'm not like arguing but i'm just saying like those injuries may have taken a toll. He's entering his age 33 season. And as you, I'm sure you're aware, but I don't know if listeners are as aware, he entered the league really young. So this is actually his 13th yeah. year in the league. And I think that kind of gets lost sometimes, like snap count versus age. I think he's probably, you he might be like a little bit older than your typical 33 year old in the NFL because of all that wear and tear. Obviously, tread on the tires. Still, yes. Well, lacking tread. You want more tread. Um, but. Yeah, so I think it's him because I think there's just an idea that like um, he'll be good if he's as long as he's healthy. But like, I wonder. I wonder if the injuries have kind of taken a toll. And I'm not saying it's gonna be a disaster out there, but he, I think he might kind of de dip. I think people. I think some Cowboys fans would like have him as their All NFC's team left tackle or whatever, or say he's the best tackle in the East. Or some people nationally might say that, or at least like argue between him or Andrew Thomas. And I don't think he deserves that benefit of the doubt right now. My favorite part of doing this exercise every year is because it's a great introspection at how like and we're just two people here right like you like the the great part about the mixtape is like you leave eagles land and i leave cowboys land and we meet like here in the like middle land for you know an hour every week um I, there i don't like my read like there are not a lot of cowboys fans that think that you know what i'm saying like like yeah. if, if, there are a lot of cowboys fans who are kind of like man like they should just move on from him, like because, oh, because so that's like the Jason Peters effect, like back right. When so the, like he was playing for the Eagles, yeah. And and it's not that anybody thinks he sucks, right? Like, and I think I do think sometimes you see the take like, oh, when healthy, he's one of the best left tackles in the NFL, and that might be true if you define. So it might be one more of, of a national perspective than a Cowboys yeah, like perspective. If, if you define one of as like top ten, yeah, I think he has certainly still the potential. Like he's talented enough when he's healthy to be a top 10 left tackle in the NFL. The problem is when he's healthy. He is, I've said this many, 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 many times on many podcasts. He has not played a full season since Dak Prescott was in college. The last full season he played was 2015. He has, Dak Prescott has literally seen change at the left tackle position. And he's obviously been injured at different points too, but every single season of his NFL career. And that's created the, if you ask Cowboys fans, like the thing they're most concerned about, it's the offensive line because you know, okay, well, what, who are your best five? Like Tyron's on the team, right? Like he, he adjusted his contract and everything. So you have to, like, you're, you're not going to not have him around, but his presence does create complications because it's like, well, do we play him at left tackle? Cause we have Tyler Smith now, you know what I mean? Like, and, and Tyler's the future. Like, should we just like, is the future now? Like the future was now a year ago. Like, should we just go back to that future? And if we do that, what, what do we do with Tyron? Do we play Tyron at the right side? Like we did last year, but 
But what about Terrence Steele? He's really good. Oh, but Terrence Steele's also come back from an injury. Like, mm-hmm. what do we do? Like, and and beyond all that, thank you, Bear. Like, Ty- Tyron is gonna get hurt. So, like, where do we put him so that when that does happen, we're ready? You know what I mean? Like, he his presence is a good thing, but it is a mm-hmm. double-edged sword because it, it it brings with it lurking complications. So, um, I think I think he's, in my opinion, properly rated by Cowboys fans. Uh, but there are, I think, I agree with you, some people who probably do. And that happened with the Cowboys offensive line after yes. the Zach Martin draft. In well, they were the best, like from 2014 to 2016. Of all time. Well, no, like that. They had a three-year run there, the Demarco year, Zeke's rookie year. They were the best offensive line in the NFL, and a big reason why was they were so healthy, they were so consistent. I mean, even with Tyron missing time, you know, in 15 and I'm sorry, in 16, but you know, they just like. We have this idea that like all Cowboys linemen are amazing and all Steelers linebackers are, or all the receivers the Steelers draft are amazing and all Penn State linebackers are amazing. I recognize the Cowboys have two, but you know, or have had to, but it's just like we we lean on these like narratives and force them to be true all the time. So there is some of that like still propelling Tyron up on a national level. I do agree with that. Defense, who do you have? This is like I think my picks are unpopular with different fan bases. Like, I think that there are some Cowboys fans that are like, what the hell are you doing going Dak? Um, and obviously I'm going to get some pushback from the Eagles fans on the AJ thing. I hope my explanation made sense, but um, so I, I think this defensive pick is going to upset some Cowboys fans. My pick is Donovan Wilson. Um, mm-hmm. I love Donovan Wilson. Went to Texas A&M, fighting Texas Aggie, just like me. Hullabaloo, connect, connect, Dono. That's great. Just like you. But like the, and I said J. Ron Curse last year. I, you always yeah. keep the notes, I, and I don't. I don't do a good job of that. Which is I went I, with him as underrated, and you picked him as overrated. Right. So, but like last year, it was like, oh, J. Ron Curse is amazing, and I just didn't believe, and I was wrong. But like Donovan Wilson had an amazing year last season for the Cowboys. It was a contract year, and I'm not saying that's why I don't buy into that trope that a lot of people do. But it was amazing. But like the likelihood of of like oh, well, he was just one player for three years, and now he's this, like, elite whatever, you know, because of this fourth year. It's possible, and I, I would love to believe that it's true. I'm I'm just too scared to believe. I'm too hesitant. Maybe I'm too negative. I'm too doubtful. I don't buy that. It, right now, it is literally t- 2022, the exception, the outlier in the overall statistical sample size that is his career. And some of it, too, and I would say this is true for A.J. Brown in the same sense in a different way, is – you know, AJ Brown gets to play opposite of Devontae Smith. Donovan Wilson gets to play on a defense that features Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence. And the game isn't like, oh, put this player on a different team. Would they be the same? Because that's dumb. But like, I, I think he, there are Cowboys fans who think he's one of the best safeties in the NFL. I'm not willing to go to that level yet. Maybe I'm like misremembering and looking up his grading from last year from the game. And it actually wasn't. No, actually. Oh, OK, it was bad. Um, yeah, Donovan Wilson, I was going to say anecdotally, I remember Donovan Wilson getting like cooked a decent bit in that Eagles Cowboys game on Christmas Eve. Like I remember like Devonte having some big plays over and yeah, he's number six. I remember six on six happening there a little bit. I think AJ, uh, he struggled with him a little bit too, at times I'm he looking had, at, he had five sacks last year at that point, he, or entering last year, he only had three and a half total, which all came in 2020. He had 101 combined tackles. His previous career high was 71 in that 2020 season. And a big reason why was he only played in nine games in 2021. But again, like, you know, and the Cowboys paid him and brought him back and didn't pay a ridiculous amount. And I'm happy about that. Like, that was the right and the smart thing to do. But, like, that doesn't mean that he's, like, you know, one of the best safeties in the NFL. Like, you know what I mean? It can be true that he's very good. He's slightly better than average. And it is a good thing for him to be around the team. But they also have two other safeties that I really like. And they have a, a kind of safety option in Israel Mukwamu, who I really like as well. Like, 
it's like like you said about um about slay like i don't even know that donovan is the best safety on the team right now right <clears throat> all right uh, I, I don't have too much else to like add to that uh my pick well let me just ask you a question let's say like in basketball let's say could you have an Jason elite Tatum. nba player who doesn't like do the main thing so like can you have an elite nba player like, you can, who doesn't, it's just like, like you can talk about demarcus lawrence not having snacks <laughs> like that's so dumb and 30 seconds out of 100 and how is it dumb you said he this is your words this is your definition you said he was quote an elite defender how can you be an elite defender if you don't do the most important thing of the position at at least a very high level he clearly has not done that he's not an elite defender he took a pay cut last year why did he take a pay cut because he was so good because he was so good he had to take a pay cut there are 54 players with more sacks than him since 2019 again 32nd out of 130 edge rushers he is certainly a good player he is nowhere near an elite player which is what you said he was so just by virtue of that i have to take the work um the like biggest lock of the year was you taking Demarcus Lawrence. Uh, by the way, I've said he's an elite run defender. To be very clear, no, um, you said elite defender. Well, look, I, 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 may, look, I the words to may the episode. Have, look, if you listen, if you really go back, that has always been my point. I may have you know omitted the word run at times when we've gotten like heated talking about him, but that he is truly elite at that. I think he's a very good pass rusher. I understand the general idea behind your point. But I think it's being purposefully obtuse. Now, I'm fine if you want to say he's overrated, but he is still a, a, a player and a, a tool worth having for the Cowboys. Like, he makes their defense overall operation work. The best argument, I've told you this before, is that when he missed time at the beginning of the 2021 season, yeah. after, after week one, I mean, not, not only unlocked Micah Parsons, the pass rusher, but that, like, kind of, you know, they didn't skip a beat. Like, they were mm -hmm. totally fine. Um, and and it, it, it's... They didn't skip, skip either. Yeah. Miss a beat. Skip. skip, miss, or they're both fine. They're interchangeable in this sense. So, like, that's a solid argument. He missed most of his rookie year, if you want to go far, that far back. I mean, like, my point is, I think he, and, like, you'll laugh or whatever, I think he belongs in the, not that he's, like, a Ring of Honor player or anything like that, but he's, like, in the Jason Witten category of, like, very good player, very much worth having around, improves everybody else around him. There's some leadership involved there, et cetera, et cetera. I understand. I can't like, I, I can't tell you like, Oh, he does have the sacks. Like they don't exist. You know what I mean? Like, I can't tell you that, but he is an elite run defender that has been and always will be my primary point, hmm. but I get your point too. All right. Let's take a break. Boom. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Welcome back. While we were on a break, Brandon told me 
what the last meal he ate was. The last meal I had was man for the podcast audience he really he's like closing his eyes and like really racking his brain i really didn't i kind of just like i haven't had like a meal in a it looked bit. like you I've were been thinking a, really hard about that i've been just like snacking on things I had some leftovers and whatnot like not like a full can meal. i ask you something on this subject i um, guess i'll say it was the i went to so i went to new york city my friend jess shout out to jess on friday uh last who's week who's that we got girl some, it's we got jess. some really i don't know what that is we really got some really good uh ramen uh for dinner so um very quickly uh when i was out of town the person watching bear who's appeared on the episode today by the way oh sorry um, red crest chicken chicken actually it was on saturday with zach yeah good, uh, good a really good dinner yeah boom uh you know at one point i was just checking in like house bear whatever you know and i said has he eaten his food and the person watching him said he's been grazing is that like a common thing like would you say that about a dog i thought that I was do. Really strange. so i watch dogs sometimes too like for my friends or um, right Especially in the off season, I'll do like you know, like a rover or whatever. That's uh, what it was on. It was on rover. Yeah. Wow. Well, not I kind of like. To ask, I like to ask people sometimes, like if their dog is a grazer. Like, so, I, like, do you want me to leave the food out? Do I just like you know? Because some dogs like gobble it down, so you can't just like necessarily like leave the food out or like you know feed them constantly. Or some dogs, um, you just you do leave it out, and they'll get to it when they want to get to it. I thought it was a a weird way to describe the dog no it makes sense they kind of like, graze because it's like they pick at it they kind of like they'll have a couple I, pieces that's what then... i'm saying i would have said like if if like it had been me i would have said he's been picking at it he's been nibbling like he's been you know nibbling. eating bits here and there like i thought eating it was bits. strange to say he he's been grazing but whatever that's just my take the new york giants i think we're gonna agree here um on offense didn't see a lot of giants gear when i was in new york city Ooh, they don't play in new york city They're, you know forever. that's true um yeah it's true uh play in west rutherford the big um, apple yeah that's right do you have an app have you ever had an apple in new york city i've not had it i don't think so not like the biggest apple guy i mean i like the products but i don't like necessarily the fruit like, yeah you throw some peanut butter on the plate like i can get down with that but like an apple i don't think itself, it's gross like, but i just don't yeah, really desire it that's true um it's saquon barkley is that fair to say like it has to be top fruit what kind of fruit would you want to have? You get any fruit right now. Go instant. I boom. thought fruit flavor is strawberry. No, like, not flavor. Like actual fruit. No, it has well, to be a real fruit. I find it strange that it's not my top fruit. You know what I'm saying? Because it is my favorite flavor. Well, those are different things. I know, but top fruit is banana. Love banana. Banana is really, I think, versatile and uh, practical too. Um, like you know, it's good to like. It's portable. You know, as it's mm -hmm. like as opposed to something like if you're gonna. I like grapes, but like oh my, I get to like you know pack it or something. Or Cotton candy grapes. Got to do it. Those are great. I saw someone recently. There's like a, I think it was an Instagram. We've run very long. I know that we kind of owed people, they but put, we're um, already at 51 minutes. They put like citric acid on it. So it's like sour, like uh sour patch. They called it like grapes or whatever. They're cotton candy grapes, but you have that sour element. Anyway, I want to try that. So my Giants. pick is Saquon Barkley. <laughs> again? I don't put, really? Dude. Okay. So again, like if we played the like, who's the least likely to sustain what they did. That's not, not necessarily like the exercise, though. I know, but like that's how I viewed it. Like, well, that's I don't like have... the step back thing we did. This is different. I, this is overrated a, where they are right now. I don't have a passionate thought on who it could be along the offensive line. Uh, I I don't believe in picking Darren Waller or. Paris I do Campbell. believe in that because they needed a go-to guy. Example: Eagles getting that's J not his AJ fault for it. Like they made him their go-to guy. That's not his fault. But he's being overrated. It's by who? By them. And they got a dude entering his age 31 season who has missed 14 games over the past two years. He's the he's the highest paid tight end in the NFL. 
He is the highest paid tight end in the NFL at 17 million per year. That's above George Kittle, 15, and Travis Kelsey at 14.3. So it's not even like a small gap. This dude is absolutely being overrated. He's like the solution for Daniel Jones and the Giants, even though it uh, hasn't really been like the monster Darren Waller that you would think of for the past two seasons. And I think he, this is another fantasy football thing. I think fantasy football guys are absolutely overrating him. Um, I do think that I agree with you. Like it has some like John U. Smith to New England vibes. Like and you I, loved. I, well, I nuts. I fell for that. I was gonna like when they signed him and Hunter Henry. Like I was all about that. I, I thought like, oh, here they come, whatever. Um, so it does have a little bit of that. They didn't sign him, so they don't get penalized for that in my mind. They did trade for the contract, you know. What I mean, Big so, contract. Like, that's, that's fair. They didn't. They didn't sign it, but like they traded for it after he like like what like six months Again, after he got it. I, I get your point, but. I don't think it's fair to say Darren Waller, the giant, is overrated. He so is. We, we've just approached They're banking on him being their guy. They're overrating him. I'm, I don't think so. What did they trade for him? him? A fourth round pick? I mean, that's not overrating it's him. It's not like, just that. It's that and the money. And also, like, the he's their go to guy. Look what they have at wide receiver. They don't have a lot of wide receiver. They're banking nope. on him being okay, a so dull guy of the offense. Right now, you can have Saquon or Darren Waller on your team. You don't have to give up anybody, but you can have one of the two. Who are you taking? I mean, it's like, what's the team? There's a lot of like things that go into this. You can add them to the Eagles. Eagles. You can, you can add them. Well, yeah, the I mean, I would take Saquon because like the Eagles already have Dallas Goddard. I totally disagree. I don't care who I have it running back. I would rather have Darren Waller. Like, I mean, like that's it's, crazy. I think the Saquon thing is crazy. Before last year, which again, and we were both wrong here. So this episode has just been nothing but an hour at revisiting things I've been wrong about. It feels like, but I mean, before last year, Saquon had two touchdowns in two years. All right. He had Look, I'm not a, I'm never been a Saquon defender. I'm not saying he's like. I mean, like, again, he was awesome last year and, and deserves a he lot was of credit. underrated by us yeah, and I agree. last year. I disagree. I think he was properly rated by us. No, like, we know. Come on. We were too low on him. He was better. Was, he was better. Did he exceed our expectations? Yes, he did. Yes, but the reasons the expectations were so low were like fair. Like but at this time last year, I agree. He, he had played in 15 games over the last two years. But he we had also didn't give enough credit to 71 rushing yards over the last 10 years, two or two years. I mean, like so he blew up. But like, do you think that like th- these are Saquon uh, Saquon's career rushing yards by season in order? So in 2018, 1300 yards, awesome. 2019, 1003 yards, awesome. 2020 injury, 34 yards. 2021, 593 yards. Last year, 1,300 yards. Who's the, like, who is he? Which dude is he? Like, and I don't mean to just like focus on yards, but like he, he is, if, if AJ is like, is probably going to regress, like that's lurking like around the corner for Saquon. There's no way there's, there's, I think I asked you earlier, who was the like second best running back in the NFL? Some people I think would say Saquon over Nick probably. Chubb. Yeah. Like I, 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 I don't buy that. Like, no. And so, like you talk about Darren Waller having the fantasy bump. If mm-hmm. any player in the NFL sure. has the fantasy bump, it is Saquon Barkley. There, and he has came from a big program, was a super big name in college, second overall pick, plays in the Big Apple, right? Like all this stuff going around. Like, no, he is definitely overrated. I don't think the Giants are overrating him, at least currently. We'll see if they make a mistake by paying him, but it seems like they're being vigilant and not doing that for the time being. So I think they're doing a good job on that. Uh, I think I'm sticking by Darren Waller. I mean, I'm not trying to convince you. I was just trying to make my case. So, I mean, that's really where I'm at. I'm, I'm not changing my opinion. Okay. I mean, I'm I'm going to sleep the same amount tonight, whether or not you change your opinion or not. So, um, do you want to go first on defense? Should I go first? Like, what do you want to do? So, I have two names here. I have two uh, names as well. I have, I think, who I think you had is underrated, Bobby Okariki. 
He mm. is tied for the ninth Another highest player paid. who didn't play for the team last year. Dude, ninth. you suck at this. That's not a thing. It not, is a thing. They're not rating no, not. them as far as who they have been for this Is he team. on the roster right now? That's, yes, he is. Thank is you. so ridiculous. No, it's not ridiculous. That's never so you, been established you, as a rule. You You're picked, just making this up on the go. You picked a new player for the Eagles. This isn't my you pick. Picked, I'm saying I was between two. Anyway, hold on. Thank goodness it's not your pick. I t- He's tied for the ninth highest paid off-ball linebacker annually. That's like top 10 linebacker money for a guy with three career interceptions and four forced fumbles in 64 games. That's like... I don't know. Maybe that's not really the best investment. I know they're desperate at linebacker. Anyway, I think that might actually be Leonard Williams, who I think is a good, I a thought good about player. That. Very good player. But you're talking about a guy whose sacks dropped from 11.5 in 2020, which was like an outlier year, down to 6.5 in 2021, down to 2.5 in 2022. Speaking of highly paid players, he is the fifth highest interior defensive lineman in the NFL in terms of annual salary at 21 million. You can't have a guy making 21 million getting 2.5 sacks in a year. Like that's I don't want to hear about like he creates opportunities for anyone. Like no, you don't pay a guy 20 plus million to get two and a half sacks. So maybe he bounces back, but his this kind of body of work suggests he's not going to be like that 11 point. I don't think he's hitting double digits ever again. Like I think that was an outlier year and he really hasn't been super close and he's turning in the wrong direction. So I think people are kind of this kind of like went from Leonard Williams was highly thought of as a prospect, but then he played for the Jets and didn't really do a ton. The Giants traded for him. It looked like a kind of a really bad trade at the time. It seems like they kind of overpaid for him. Then they signed him to that extension, which actually made the draft pick they gave up for him even higher because there was a conditional pick in there. And so then it was like, oh, now he's good. And I think that he was good there for a bit, but I think he may be overrated in that he's still kind of skating off those couple years ago. And I think last year might be more of an indication of who he is moving forward. Yeah. I mean, this is again, why it's fun. Like the word overrated is so vague. Like, you know what I mean? Like you can take that, like it, you've placed a lot of emphasis on contracts and things like that. Like that doesn't bother or like, I don't take that. That's, a, that's a metric of how you're being rated. <laughs> I mean, that's fair, but so is like vibes. I mean, so, you know, <laughs> don't talk to me about vibes. <laughs> You're not even wearing the vibes hat. So, like, you're not feeling the vibes today. I am very much in vibe with the vibes. Um, I thought about going Leonard Williams, too. Um, I think considering Okariki is dumb. Because we don't know what the, like, investment pays off. Like, what if he is awesome? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, then, like, he is underrated. You know what I mean? Like, what what if they're right? You know what I mean? Like, you can't judge that yet. That's what I think is silly. Um, So, I thought about going Leonard Williams for similar reasons. Not contractually, obviously, but I do think there's this like. How can you say that when I said Hassan Reddick was underrated last year, and I was so right about that, and he was. I mean, that you were right about. I will give you that. So, anyway, uh, sorry. Um, wow. Who are you? Uh, I was right. I was all the way right about the cult sucking. So if we're like sure. just you know letting out things we're right about, like we can do that forever. Um, I'm gonna go came on Thibodeau. Because I think there's this, like, mm. he's one of the he, best. He was my pick last year, I think. Like, so, like, I mean this in the least Homer way possible. And, uh, wow, you picked a guy who hadn't played for the team last year. What a big shock. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Anyway, um, so, and, again, overrated doesn't mean bad. But, like, I think there's this, like, oh, he's Michael Strahan. say that Strahan. for every single pick. Well, like, he's Michael Strahan. Like, he has the same, like, oh, talk I'm about vibes. Like, he has the same vibe as, like, Aaron Judge with, with New York teams. You know what I mean? Like, he gets that you know, talk. And mm. that's a big thing. Who would, if you could decide right now, if you could have Kayvon Thibodeau or Sam Williams on the Eagles, isn't it at least a consideration? I don't, I mean, I did not like track Sam Williams. Sam Williams for, for what it's enough. worth. 
picked up have, a defensive rookie of the year vote. Like if, if you care about that, like, I mean, I just, I have literally no opinion on, I, I did not see him play a ton personally Four sacks last year. Okay. But like, I had, do you know how many Sam Williams had? I don't know. Six, four. Okay. I mean, you know, like again, like, and, and that's not like Strange oh, argument. Proof, proof he's overrated, but like, you know, well, Sam Williams, he's got sacks. You care about that when it comes to Demarcus Lawrence. Now, all of a sudden, sacks are meaningless when it comes to BLG. Wow. What a shock. Um, anyway, um, Kayvon Thibodeau, just like, again, like, I think like people are, are really rushing to make him like a His superstar. Reputation face precedes him. That's a great way to put it. Good job, you. Okay. Are we done with the, the Giants? Done with the G-Man. We're going to go on to the C people. <laughs> uh, the Commanders. <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. Yeah, don't, don't um, read into that. All right. Anyway, offense, easy. Andrew Wiley, uh, top 12, top 12 paid right tackle in terms of annual value. Uh, and you're gonna be like, oh, this is just you know, because he <laughs> uh, the Super Bowl. Uh, no, it's not. Yeah, uh, a new player you know who, on the team. What a big surprise. Do you oh know who Brandon gosh. Thorne is? You do, right? Yeah, he's like like a definitive offensive line expert. Like he might be like the like you know, the, the quintessential offensive line, like okay. Online well, the defensive analyst. line gurus love Demarcus Lawrence. So what are you going to you know say here? So uh, classified Andrew Wiley as, quote unquote, a below average starter in his free agency rankings. Wiley allowed the fourth most sacks and the second most hurries of all NFL tackles last year. No sacks in guy, the Super Bowl. The, the commanders made this guy a top 12 paid right tackle in terms of annual value. This is and he's also like this is an ascending player. He's he may have topped out already. He is going to be, I believe, 29 this season. Yeah, he turns 29 in August. Like, uh, this is a weird bet to make uh, for me and kind of speaks to where the commanders are in this weird, like, limbo stage. But, uh, yeah, he's being overrated. It does feel a little bit like, oh, he, he, he was awesome in the Super Bowl, right? Like, let's get that guy. Like, let's get, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it does feel a little it, bit That's like exactly that. like the pitch. It's like, well, this guy was great in the Super Bowl. Okay, <laughs> what about when he, like, sucked in the regular season? <laughs> Uh, did you see his zero sacks allowed t-shirt that he wore in the Super Bowl parade? Yeah, it was pretty um, pathetic. Anyway, <sighs> um, again, like it's a weird vibe. A, that was a weird vibe because no, people were like, talking I, trash. I took the vibes in this episode. You can't now like just I said the word vibes like 30 seconds ago, and now the, all of a sudden you have, want to vibe it out. Look, I, I believe in what you say all the time, and, and like if the Chiefs won, they can talk whatever they want to say because mm-hmm. they won. But it is weird when you get to a point where like it became so personal when that was really wasn't the like attitude leading up to the super bowl like the eagles and chiefs aren't like rival there wasn't bad blood there if anything it was probably one of the more friendly super bowls you'll see with like the kelsey stuff and andy Reid and everything right. so it was weird when like the chiefs did that and they had like the eagles tears thing it's like <laughs> like i don't eagles fans aren't even upset by that it's just like this is weird like we don't have beef with the chiefs like we respect the chiefs so i, I don't I, really understand that i agree with you although my opinion and i'm not emotionally compromised by it so you tell me is the the biggest like shot was juju like juju was like i, I yeah. know that w- wiley wore the shirt but like look like yeah. that's like i, I do but say that was also like, like a rogue guy like i clearly like, you know he's not like a chief you know what i mean he was there no, one but, year and he left for the patriots right but my point on wiley is like he they allowed zero sacks in the super bowl that is literally true you know what i mean like what like whether or not like you feel whatever blah blah like that is and will always forever be literally true the juju thing was like Oh, like we're gonna brag about like a super highly contested and debated thing that like you know there's yeah. literally like 50-50 opinion on like and also that like, he was didn't even a, have a, a good game <laughs> like you're like outside of it like he did he wasn't like an like, amazing game for him I don't know it's okay weird. we're not here to relitigate the Super Bowl um fine Andrew Wiley again your criteria is dumb well who um, else are you picking so my thought process 
is strange. Um, I will it admit. Can't be Sam Howell. No one's no one is rating him. You had him as your underrated player. What are you no talking one's rating about? Him. It can't be That's Sam- my point. <laughs> if so, no one's rating him, can, then maybe if, he's underrated. I'm not going to pick Sam Howell, but how can I not when you picked him for underrated? Because who's overrating him? Who's underrating him? Like, or who's rating him I think anything? The people how, how that aren't saying he, he's not rated anything he has, at all? I think he has a chance to do something this year. Oh my god, that's gosh. a chance. When to do I said something. that, when I said that AJ had a chance to regress, it was stupid. We had to grade him off of who. Yeah, he that's was not now. a good bet. No, like you're, this was dumb. And actually, I'm mad at the Commanders because their team is so weird that we can't properly pick things that it leads to stuff like this. Um, I'm gonna go Curtis Samuel. I mean, like it's this is easy. And I actually think the only person overrating him is Ron Rivera. And I have said that is something I have been right about for a long time, too. Like, miss me with this, like, oh, he's Jimmy Caffrey. Yeah. I mean, like, that wasn't that was Antonio Gibson. Uh, not Curtis, no, Curtis no, no, Samuel. It was Curtis Samuel. No, no, no. It was literally Anto- it was Antonio Gibson's going to be Christian McCaffrey. Like, I'm going to no. we're going to use him. Like, I look it up it right Curtis now. I promise Samuel. you. It was Antonio Gibson. But it was Cur- the Curtis Samuel stuff was literally he's going to be who Curtis Samuel was in Carolina. That's what it was. But the line about Christian McCaffrey was Antonio Gibson. Um, so, yeah, Curtis Samuel. Like, what has Curtis Samuel done? Like, like name, name the thing. Like, name what he has done as a player in Washington. Do you know how many touchdowns he has as a Washington player? I do. I'm well, looking at it here. Two seasons he has played for this team. Two. And he has four touchdowns. They all came last year. Last year, 64 catches, 656 yards, four touchdowns. What is his contract? I know you have it in front of you. Like, uh, I don't what, actually. What, Oh, well, I didn't way to mess that up completely. 55 burgers, 55 fries. That's what I thought you were doing for a second there <laughs> when you were uh, reading the numbers. Oh, that, yeah, that's really funny. 55 burgers, 55 uh, fries, 55 tacos, 55 pies, 55 yeah. Cokes. Yeah. Um, wow. Man, dude, what's going on? I just looked up and NFL Network's playing the 2018 divisional round game where Dallas lost in LA. What the hell? Like, what did I do to you, NFL Network? But anyway. That's not even um, like an interesting game. I know. Right? That wasn't like a particularly like... Like the, the 49ers and- games have been interesting. CJ Anderson had like 150 yards in this game. That was like the big thing. But like, yeah, like what is this like? There's I don't no know like if this is like there. I don't know if this is like, you know, they'll do like player week or whatever. Like they'll let like a player pick like favorite games. Like I don't know, but whatever. Yes. Um, yeah. Curtis Samuel, nothing. I just no. Okay. You've so. we've talked about that before. So yeah. Uh I on defense, I have I'm gonna stick with this. He was my step back guy. It's Deron Payne. He had 11 and a half sacks last year after only having how much in the first four years combined? 14.5. So, hmm, maybe that's not going to hold up. He graded 64th out of 142 NFL interior defenders last year by pro football focus. He is tied now for the contract that he got for the third highest paid interior defender in the league. I thought it was interesting that the past two years, but especially this past season um, by PFF's grading, his run defense has gotten a lot worse. And I don't think that's unrelated to the past two years. He was kind of in a situation. So two years ago, he was in the contract here, right? Um, Or like approaching the time for an extension. And then this past uh, year, he was tagged and then obviously given the extension uh, after the season. So I almost wonder if he's kind of been like sack chasing a little bit and not playing necessarily the most uh, sound defense that he may have been earlier on in his career here. I mean, again, a guy who had 11 and a half sacks last year after only having 14.5 in the first four years combined. Like, I think he is being overrated and overvalued because I don't think he's going to be the player he was last year moving forward. I agree. I mean, that like, I, I think. I think that I contract think that, could actually look bad. 
I don't think they have like a really stout overrated player. Like it was, you know, cause I don't, oh, yeah. Who's rating them. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think anybody thinks, I think Montez sweat and Jonathan Allen are I think good they get football players. Proper um, respect. That's what They're I'm saying. The most like, respected players or some and, of them and, on the team. And I think that, I think they get proper hype, but, and I think some of this is like just this off season with pain. You know what I mean? Like that's part of it. There's the like Alabama stuff and whatever that sometimes happens or whatever. Um, but like, this is the, the least overrated that any of our, I guess, 16 selections have been. Uh, so yeah, draw on pain. Boom. Lock it up. Here comes the pain. Wow. You pat yourself? That. No. It's a WWE video game. Pretty good one. I'm not a wrestling fan. Like, I've never been my thing. Like, I don't have a problem with wow. it. It's just like, that seems I'm, surprising. I'm, I feel like you'd be into it. I'm never like, I have lots of friends and family members that are like super. I just never, like, when I was like, I don't know, like six or seven, my cousins had some wrestling game for the original PlayStation. And I remember like going to their house and they were like, all and i was like this is whatever like i was i wasn't even like entertained mm. by it. i was like this you know, whatever so i think even people who don't like wrestling might you know enjoy the games a little bit uh okay so everybody let us know what app will make our lives better lives better with the hashtag mixtape app um everybody let us know why you think and agree with me it's stupid that brandon continues to pick new players for all these teams um and how mad you are about the aj thing i hope my explanation made sense if it didn't hey we had a week off and i'm, I'm still trying to get back into my groove all um, right um so it's time for songs so yeah. we're gonna we're, i think this is supposed this to be like 10 minutes uh so i'm gonna pick my first song and then you're gonna mm -hmm. pick your first song and then we'll do rachel's first song and then okay. we'll go like inside you know i mean we got to do it in order yes so my first song um this came on the treadmill last week that's where a lot of like songs and i'm like i'm gonna put this on there um and I, I think I like that our, our playlist is becoming a little bit eclectic. Like it's got a little bit of everything. Um, and sometimes there's a surprising song that, and I've said this before, that when it, it comes on and you're on the treadmill, you're working the weight machines, you're like, you know what? I'm going to kick it up a notch. So mm -hmm. I'm going to go with, I, I really want us to have some strong piano on the playlist. Ooh. I'm going to go with Love Song by Sarah Bareilles. All right. Uh, it's funny that you brought up some similar themes to a song that I'm going to add into the mix as well. Piano and that Man. Is no, there's piano in this or keys, I should say. I don't think piano is the a right thousand miles. Term. That's a Carlton. Um, but uh, no, I do love that song, and I will be adding that to the playlist probably at some point, but not now. Uh, great video too. Uh, it is right now. Speaking of right now, by Van Halen. Uh, some good keys, really good intro. Also a great like, yeah, like going for a run maybe or working out in the gym. It used to be the song used to always be on in uh, like the high school our high school mm -hmm. gym like that song mm -hmm. was always on in the weight room and uh my dad dad was a big van halen guy growing up so shout out to my dad you know who's a faithful listener along with my mom uh so i think he'll appreciate that right now by van halen uh is that your favorite van halen song uh it's up there i like jump a lot too uh jump is good i uh, you know how like there are some songs that like instantly transport you to like a place or like a time or like where you first heard it or like a yep. movie or something the song dreams by van halen you and i generally are are the same on stuff like this what does that song remind you of uh, I don't know what you're, th I mean, I don't know. That song, I, and I think a lot of the audience got this, maybe not the younger ones, that song will always remind me of the end of the Power Rangers movie. Um, oh, interesting. I guess when, I didn't really realize yeah, that. Like, they're Are like you a having, Sammy Hagar guy or a David Lee Roth guy? Um, I don't have you know a what that means. 
yeah but i don't have a passion yeah. to take one way or the other but yeah they're like having dinner and like the world has been saved and they're all wearing their the like colors of their power ranger outfits and is nobody's this ever ivan, noticed this. the ivan ooze the movie with ivan yeah yeah, yeah. In it? No, okay. yeah and at the end the little kid is like oh i could be the gold ranger and they're like ha you're not even old enough dude and um and so then the fireworks start and they're like Ooh, let's stand here and watch the fireworks save the world. Ivan News is gone forever. Ivan News did scare me when I was a kid. Um, and uh, and then the song like dun, 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 dun. it's super cool. Anyway, um, right. okay, Rachel's so fake. Rachel's first song. She actually sent us this really on time last week, and then we didn't record. Yep. Um, it is "Dreams and Nightmares" by Meek Mill, who wow. is the worst team in the NFL. So certainly a banger of a choice that the Eagles used during their Super Bowl run. Uh, a great. Mm. Uh, philly connect song um so thank you rachel for the submission i um really like rachel's second song but we'll get to that in a moment well, so okay we've caught us back off we've caught us up and uh my next song we have a lot of like 2000s ish i don't call it like rock but like alternative rock type stuff um uh, some would call it emo rock this is in that mix and i talked about um like movies and things i always 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 think of the movie employee of the month with when it comes to this song uh, mm. with Dak Shepard and um, is it Dane Cook, the comedian and Jessica Simpson? I guess. Um, he works at like a Costco or something like that. Um, this is before the TV show Superstore. Anyway, the song Do It Alone by Sugar Cult. I love that song. Uh, so that's mm. my second submission. I'll have to check that out. I don't recognize that off the top of my head. Well, uh, you will you, check it out because you listen to the playlist. So that's what I, 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 I do. I actually right. do do that. And everyone else should do that. I think you, you liked my suggestion last time, Georgia by Cartel. I'm happy you liked that. I did, that. yeah. Good Great song. call. Um, this one's a little different. Uh, this is a newer song to me. I stumbled across a dad rock playlist on Apple Music, and this was the second song on there. It is Impossible Germany by Wilco. Uh, I'm not like a huge Wilco person. I know some people are, so I'm not trying to like take credit for that. <laughs> I don't like know them super well as much I, as other people do. I just do. discovered this band. Well, Nobody's I feel like people who like Wilco yeah. kind of like have some level of like music cred. I'm not trying to steal that cred or anything, but that's a really cool song because I like guitar and kind of like noodling around. There's like a long intro or sorry, outro with the guitar on that track that I really like a lot. And also it's, it's a, it's a song that was on an album that came out in 2007. That sounds like it came out in like the seventies. It can't sounds like it came out from a different time, even though it's a more kind of modern is song. So impossible Germany by Wilco. Uh, okay. That is a, a solid suggestion. I think I, we've got a, a really solid variety here. Um, and Rachelle rounds us out with her second one. She said, or her suggestion, her selection is Unwritten by Natasha Bedingfield. So not quite Love Song by Sarah Bareilles, but similar sort of vibe. Um, the rest is still unwritten. That's a really catchy line from a song. Yeah, you, you know can't I mean? not like right. have that in your head or start singing that. That's that's a great pick by Rachel. You actually said um, yeah. that you were at a karaoke bar, you told us, it was. and that someone sang that and that it's been in your head all day. That's a good yeah. karaoke song as well. Mm-hmm. Secret of karaoke songs is you got to sing something that like everybody knows the words to. You know what I mean? Like sure. you can't go up there and do like "Do It Alone" by Sugar Cult. Yeah, you can't like, do a deep voices. cut. It's yeah. it's more fun when the whole place is doing it, and also takes pressure off you because it's like everyone's singing. Yeah. And you know, you really like low hanging fruit. You got to go like Bohemian Rhapsody. Something that doesn't even. That's like, too have... hard. You can't do Freddie, baby. That's you too don't, hard. But you don't have to do like the. That's what I'm saying. Like because it's too hard. Like you just do random noises and everybody like understands and everybody's doing it. And, I like, think it's being too hard. Of a song. Doesn't matter. So. Uh, my go-to karaoke song, I won't ever put this on the list, but I go for the like irony and the funny and whatever, you know, just like make people laugh. Man, I mm -hmm. feel like a woman by Shania Twain. That's a great song. It is a great song. Um, okay, let's get out of here. Uh, and while we do, BLG is going to sing Man, I Feel Like a Woman by Shania Twain. Dun, 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 dun. Mm -hmm. 
you did, you did the most important part. Let's go, girls. Oh, I always forget about that iconic part. All right, okay. We'll then be back just next week. just give us a let's go, girls. I'll get out of here. Let's go, girls. <laughs> <laughs> See you.